It's another day, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome back to Iowa's Newsworthy Past. The following episode includes items published in the Manchester Press in Manchester, Iowa, on Friday, September 15, 1871. Nobles Washer We took occasion on Wednesday to examine a machine lately patented by Mr. J. M. Noble of Delhi in this county, and which he terms Noble's Rocking Clothes Washer. We have never seen it used and have no knowledge of its merits practically, but it looks as though it would wash. It is as simple as a jackknife. Fancy a batch of clothes and a few pails of hot suds put into a barrel, and the barrel rolled forward and backward smartly till the washing is completed, and you have a very fair idea of this machine. Mr. Noble claims that it does its work thoroughly and rapidly, and if it does even passably, it must be of the greatest value. No damage can be done to the finest goods. The machine is easily operated. It is as easy to empty and clean as a wash tub, and it can be used anywhere without slopping or spilling water. Besides, it takes up very little room, and the first price is comparatively small. We hope Mr. Noble will have his machine on exhibition at the county fair, and we suggest to him that a practical application of it at that time, letting people see what it will do, would tend to convince many who are rather skeptical about washing machines. A fine vineyard. A few days since, we visited the vineyard of Mr. J. E. Smith at Coffins Grove, about four miles west of Manchester. Never having heard of his place before, never having seen any of his grapes in market, we were considerably surprised when we arrived there at the very fine display of fruit he made. We much doubt the ability of any state to show a finer lot of grapes, taking into consideration the age and number of the vines. Mr. Smith came to this country from Germany some seven years since, and at once settled upon the small piece of land, about nine acres he now occupies. From education and taste, he engaged in the business of grape-growing. His land is near the banks of Coffins Creek, is almost entirely surrounded by thrifty timber, has a soil of mixed clay and sand, with the latter predominating, resting upon a lime formation, and declines somewhat abruptly to the north. The place is one peculiarly adapted to the raising of grapes, and to this in part, doubtless, Mr. Smith's extraordinary success is to be attributed. He has about two acres in vineyard, mainly set to the Concord, Delaware, Hartford, Prolific, Northern, Muscadine, Isabella, and Catawaba. The number of each ranging about in the order, named, with the Concord and Delaware largely in excess of the rest. He has, however, quite a number of other varieties, and some very excellent ones, such as the Adirondack, Allen's Hybrid, the latter a grape resembling the Isabella in shape and size, and the Concord in color and flavor, a better grape, though, than either, Clinian, Diana, Iona, 
and some other kinds. All his vines have borne magnificently this season. The Hartford and Muscadine were past their prime, but the Concord and Delaware were just ready for the table, and the vines were literally loaded down with delicious fruit. The Isabellas and Catawabas were also loaded and will doubtless ripen well this year, which in this latitude they do not always. Mr. Smith trains his vines to stakes using no trellises and does not prune too closely. The success of his plan of culture is shown in the fact that his vineyard this year will yield him nearly three tons of excellent grapes, worth, at his place, at least eight cents per pound. He does not market them, however, except to those who go to his place after a few pounds. He makes nearly the whole of his crop into wine, and he allowed us a sample, made from the Concord, which, with the exception that it was a trifle too sweet for our taste, was a very fair wine for its age. But our object in making this mention of Mr. Smith's vineyard is to attract the attention of all who have land suitably located to the case with which grapes can be grown in Iowa. We must dispense with peaches, but of that most delicious of all fruits, the grape, it will be our own fruit if we do not yet have an abundance. If every farmer and every man who has a quarter of an acre of land living within ten miles of Mr. Smith would visit his place and get some of the information he is quite ready to give, set a few grape roots, and then take proper care of them, in five years everybody in Delaware County might luxuriate in grapes at a mere nominal cost. We hope part of them will do it. Jottings It keeps on being awfully dry hereabout. You Butler is about to put down a new walk in front of his hardware store. New hats are numerous since the auction sale of bankrupt goods last Saturday. Last Saturday, the Hawkeyes of this city beat a club from Ends Grove by a score of 84 to 30. W.E. Brown is building a comfortable house on the corner of Howard and Thames Street. E.J. Conger has put down a new and substantial plank walk in front of his drugstore on Main Street. E. Springer is east buying a fall and winter stock of clothing, and so on. A portion of the goods has already arrived. We notice that Sherwood and Marvin have, on exhibition at the State Fair, a sulky cultivator, which attracts considerable attention. We regret to learn that D.G. Elkridge has a son very low with fever. Bowel complaints and fevers are very prevalent hereabout at present. Hamlin and Clark have some new advertisements of a couple of their best plows. They keep several little articles beside, but they are going it on plows just at present. Mr. J.W. Sims of Masonville who has a reputation in that part of the country as a successful gardener and florist, sends us a tomato over a foot in circumference. No wonder they find mastodons and other big things about Masonville. 
Stumbling into William Wilkinson's tailor shop a few days since, we noticed several piles of cloths on his table and asked him if he usually kept much of a stock on hand. He laughed and said the cloths we saw belonged to his customers and were waiting their turn to be made up. We thought he had about all he wanted to do for the present and so did not leave our measure. Mr. C. M. Stewart has leased the Stewart House for one year to Mr. A. Wilsey, a gentleman from the vicinity of Strawberry Point, we believe. Mrs. Wilsey has the reputation of setting the best table of anybody in that section, and we do not doubt that the Stewart House, under its new management, will continue to maintain its popularity with the traveling public. More Fine Pigs Mr. D. Paddock of the township of Milo sends us the article concerning the pigs of Mr. L. Norris of Campton, published by us some weeks since, and proceeds to give us some notes about his Chester Whites. He says he has a litter of five that were three months old on the tenth. Of the two heaviest, one weighs a hundred pounds, the other a pound less. The other three are nearly as good. They will measure three feet from between the ears to root of tail. Mr. Paddock says that for age, weight, and beauty, he considers these the champion pig of Delaware County, and we agree with him that they are very hard to beat. They are the Ohio-improved Chester Whites, and the mother was bought of Mr. D. Doty, whose splendid hogs are advertised in the press. Mr. Paddock asks, where are the Berkshires? a question we will leave the Berkshire men to answer. Wanted. The farmers of Delaware County to know that we have a first-class blacksmith from one of the plow shops in Illinois and can do all kinds of repairing on plows on short notice and in the best possible manner at the Manchester Manufacturing Company's Works, Manchester, Iowa.